If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Yo, what is good? And welcome to Kind of Funny Games Daily for Tuesday, January 10th, 2023, a.k.a. My birthday. I just turned 29. Let's go. Woo! It's me. I'm here, Jan Garcia, joined by none other than Paris Lilly. It's a part-timers takeover. Paris, how are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. Happy birthday. Thank you. And I'm very excited that you and I finally, we get to do something together. The part-timers are here to screw up kind of funny daily. Exactly. I'm excited for this. Yeah, like it's, it's about time, frankly. And I feel like today, we were like talking a little bit before the show, I feel like the news was curated perfectly for us because we have like almost, I didn't count it out, but almost an even amount of stories that are PlayStation and Xbox focused. Uh, it's perfectly balanced as all things should be. Could there have been a better day for us to do this? No, this, this is why I wore the X-Cast sweatshirt. I, Xbox we need better merch. Good. We talked about this on PSL you <laughs> again. I got the sweatshirt. I left it at home, but I'm, I'm waiting for us to get some new drops, but let's get into it. Today's stories include... Reports of an Xbox Games Showcase, Last of Us HBO's first reviews being out, and more because this is Kind of Funny Games Daily, where each and every weekday at 10 a.m. live right here on YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny Games and Twitch.tv slash Kind of Funny Games, we run you through the nerdy news you need to know about. If you're watching live, you can correct us when we get stuff wrong by going to kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong. If you don't want to watch live, you can watch later on YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny Games or listen later on podcast services around the globe by searching for Kind of Funny Games Daily. Remember, you can use Epic Creator Code Kind of Funny on all Epic Store and Epic in-game purchases like Rocket League and Fortnite to help support the channel. To be part of the show, head over to kindoffunny.com slash KFG to write in with your questions, squad ups, and more. And remember... Patreon.com slash kind of funny will get you the show ad free plus a bevy of bonus content. Some housekeeping for y'all tomorrow. There's a new brand new episode of the blessing show breaking down blessings, exclusive award show, the non game of the year awards. You won't want to miss it tonight, tomorrow right here on youtube.com slash kind of funny games at 9 a.m. PT. And thank you to our Patreon producers, Delaney Twining. Today we're brought to you by honey, but we'll tell you about that later for now. Let's begin what is and forever will be the Roper Report. It's time for some news. We have six stories here today. A baker's dozen. And we're starting off strong with a report that Xbox will host a new developer direct games show for Redfall, Forza, and more. This comes from Jez Corden over at Windows Central. The article reads... Xbox fans have been waiting for a while for information on this year's slate of Xbox games, set to include games like Redfall and the hotly anticipated Starfield. It seems that we won't have to wait much longer if our information is correct. I heard there was an Xbox showcase on the horizon back in December, as we discussed on our Xbox 2 podcast, Boom Never Stop Selling, but have since been able to lock the information down with a variety of sources familiar with Microsoft's plans. It seems the show will be called a Developer Direct, 
and may be part of a new initiative from Microsoft and Xbox to offer information on upcoming games more frequently outside of the major E3 and Game Awards marketing beats. From what we understand, the Developer Direct show is slated for January 25th at 12 p.m. PT on Xbox's official channels on Twitch and YouTube. Although these dates are subject to change, the show will be hosted by both Xbox and Bethesda, with deep dives into Redfall, Minecraft Legends, Forza Motorsport, and content from ZeniMax Online Studios. From what we understand, this won't be a full-blown E3-scale kind of show, and will be a more intimate look at some upcoming exclusives. As such, we've heard Starfield may even be skipping the show for a bigger marketing beat later. The Developer Direct showcase will hopefully be the beginning of a more frequent marketing cycle for the company, as many fans fans have asked Microsoft to look to Nintendo's Direct-style shows to keep the news cycle going. We expect Microsoft will make the show official as soon as next week, so be sure to keep an eye out. Paris, what do you need to see from this showcase to be a win for you and for Xbox? It really comes down to this. So obviously, you know, Jez put this out yesterday. I saw the tweet and I responded. And my thing is, if and or when this happens, release dates. That's the most important thing that Xbox can do with whatever this event is eventually going to be is the games that you have promised from your last showcase over the next 12 months, which is now coming up, you need to put release dates on it. So Forza, I want to see a release date for it. Minecraft Legends, I want to see a release date for it. Redfall, I want to see a release date for it. On down the line. Now, as far as Starfield goes, that's an interesting one because I think it it can go one of two ways. The fact that it's not going to be the main thing of this showcase, allegedly, says to me, Bethesda has a lot of confidence in Starfield. This is obviously the biggest IP that Microsoft has had in the past few years and they want to give it its own spotlight versus trying to share it with other titles. So this could actually be a good thing for Starfield. I would imagine that if it's not at this showcase, they at least mention, hey, here's a little Todd Howard comes out, says something, don't worry, we'll be talking more about Starfield later. Then you have your big Starfield event, put a release date on Starfield as well. But that's the main thing. Let us know when these games are coming out because 2022 was obviously very light for Xbox, 2023 has to hit big, and I think it starts with whatever the showcase is going to be in January. Yes, Gordon, wherever the camera is. <laughs> <laughs> um, so if we don't get release dates, do you think this is, like, a disappointing showcase? It if would it be. Doesn't have the it, it 100% would be. If they were to do another showcase, show us these same games again, and again, they're going to have other partnered games, you know, like Replaced, I would imagine, would be there, Flintlock, things like that. But if they're showing us the same games that you showed us back in June, but there's no date on it, what's the point? I mean, people were already upset that they didn't have anything to show at the Game Awards, but like Aaron Greenberg came out right after and said, don't worry, you won't have to wait long. That wait, not wait long, needs to be, all right, here's release dates for these games that we promised you. With a name like Developer Direct, what kind of format do you expect this to take? Do you think it will be more developer, straight-to-cam kind of focused? And, and if so, like... What's your ideal vision for this showcase? Well, I, I will say... Paint me a word picture. Ha, ha, having a, a little bit of experience hosting an Xbox event, um, it's pretty clear this doesn't need to be that. This doesn't need to be you have a host come out, you're sitting down on a couch talking about these games. I, instead, maybe you show some trailers, and then you have the, the 
the actual developers themselves talk about these games and go, hey, we're excited that Forza Motorsport is coming out on March 23rd, 2023, or whatever the case may be, right? Just do something like that. It doesn't even need to be that long. You could have five to eight minute clips per game, 30 minute show, get out there. But now people have the expectation of these are when these games are coming out. And that's the most important thing. Yeah, exactly. I think for me, like with something like it being called a developer direct showcase, I definitely do have that expectation of hearing directly from those developers and having them be the ones to sort of hype up their game. And something I'd love to see is I think a little bit more of like an intimate look of that. I think Microsoft, one of their big kind of marketing ethos beats is that like friendly, familiar, we're hanging out, it's casual, but we're passionate and we're here and games, you know, that's very much like they have such a friendly marketing brand that I'd love to see it take a little bit more of a creative spin like yeah, there you are right there um, as who could forget right an iconic moment in all of our lives um, but I'd love to see it take a little bit more of a creative spin like I think about the stuff that Annapurna does yes. for their showcases or even like looking at even more of the indie space um, what we get from like day of the devs I'm like oh these they get it you know they let the developers be themselves which gets a little wonky they have like different kind of sets and setups for them. Like, I'd love to see some of that personality shine through. Cause especially cause at the end of the day, like it's going to be, you know, marketing speak level stuff. Yeah. Everyone's excited to show their game, of course. So I'd love to get a little bit more of a sense of who are these studios, you know, what is a little window into their process? What makes them tick? What kind of people are they? And just kind of, um, I think humanize that marketing be. Cause it's something we kind of don't really see from either of the other big two. Nintendo is so like, quick right which i think works great for them um playstation surely could use a little bit more personality i think in what they're doing so i think xbox really has an opportunity here to kind of you mean you don't the like two. the disembodied <laughs> female voice that introduces you to the playstation's worldwide studios because I'm, we have no personality i mean you know with with no personality you won't know who they're getting rid of wait, wait, you... but yeah i mean i i would love to see something a little warmer for sure you know what, though? But when I when I think about all three, the big three, N Nintendo, PlayStation, and Xbox, um, I think Nintendo obviously set the template here with, with doing their directs. Um, I think the state of plays from PlayStation do the job, even though it could be a little more personalized. Xbox, I, I would hope that they're taking lessons learned from that. Look at what Devolver Digital is, so like you said, and Aper as well. Take lessons learned from that and communicate more throughout the year in smaller chunks spotlight more of these studios and, and these games that because uh, like when I think back to their showcase in June right like they showed you know all this stuff all it was great 90 minutes what do you remember out of that showcase I remember Starfield and Kojima that's it there's all these other games that just get lost in the shuffle where if you kind of piecemeal that out throughout the year give them the spotlight 15 20 30 minutes at the most it, it builds more awareness towards these smaller games that people can be excited for when they do come out versus just the big, you know, AAA franchise games. Yeah, I'd also like to see them take a more, like, bite-sized approach to, especially, like, their indie stuff or even, like, their deep dives into certain games. Like, there are so many things that might... Like, Microsoft's putting out so much content marketing their stuff, but I'm like, I don't know if I want to tune in for this, like, three-hour stream kind of thing. Exactly. So I, I'm looking forward to the idea of them having these more bite-sized pieces for you, what would be your ideal kind of marketing suite for Xbox? Because I think we all have, you know, as PlayStation, Nintendo fans, like we all have things we want to see more or done a little bit differently. So what would be your ultimate Xbox games marketing blueprint? Where's the camera? If it was me, if I was running marketing at Xbox. Paris, uh, no, am I looking at the wrong one? Look so at this one. As there a tip, go. right? As a tip, we've got 
The red mm-hmm. is what we're live on, okay. and then the green is what I'm previewing. See, this is this is what happens when there's part timers. I, I have no idea what the camera. You want is. me to give you? I can give you your solo camera. Right no, here. no, 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 we, no, we, no, no, no. If, if you're camera. talking to yeah. the people, talk, talk to, to the people. people. Okay, people. I'm talking to people. So if I was running it, if I was doing for Xbox throughout the year, I would have quarterly shows. Every quarter, I would have something that spotlighting not just the big AAA games, not Starfield, Redfall. I would look at. A game like Replace, I, I love Replace, or a game like Flintlock, as an example. Um, what's the, I want to say Cumberbatch, but it's wrong. I'm, I'm forgetting the <laughs> name oh, of it. The, curi- the case of yeah. oh, the curi- ben- Benedict Fox? Ben- like oh, yes. That one. Yes. Things like that. Spotlight these smaller games. Minecraft Legends is another one that I really feel like is flying under the radar for them because, like, my kids and I, we love Minecraft Dungeons. We play the co-op, love it to death. I saw Minecraft Legends, and I go, wow, this is something me and my kids are absolutely going to love to want to play. Talk about those games. Spotlight those developers. Show us these things. We already know about Starfield. We know about Forza. We know about Halo, Gears, all that. Start showing some of these other IPs that you have, and don't just throw them into one big show in the middle of the year where they get lost in the shuffle. If you do more of these shows, have a consistent cadence throughout the year where you're talking to developers, spotlighting these games, I mean, Xbox Game Studios at this point is, what, 23, 24 studios? If they acquire Activision, they go 30-plus. There's a lot of studios making a lot of games under the Xbox brand. You have the entire calendar year to kind of spotlight them. That's what I would do. Yeah, I I mean, I think all of us would love to see a little bit more of a consistent cadence from any of the big three, especially because I think it eliminates so much of the wondering and questions that we currently have of, when's the next one? It's been a while, like... The amount of um, like meme style red tape that yeah. I think we've all gone through covering um, either of these companies, like it would be just nice to have some familiarity um, in the cadence, and I think that also takes a little bit of the the pressure off in some sense. Or I don't know, maybe they don't want to do that because they don't want to feel like they have to have something prepared for a certain amount of time. Certainly, there's you know pros and cons to each, but um, it's so fascinating how Nintendo really did set the stage for this, yeah. and I'm excited to see like what is Xbox's take? How do they make it their own? And you know how competitive is it with the format of state of play or like oh my god what's the other one the like little one y'all know what i'm talking about oh yeah i'm blanking on yeah it exactly Pe- yeah. people in the chat love yeah. know kind of fight.com slash you're wrong um but for now let's talk about the last of us tv shows first reviews being widely positive this comes from chris gullion over at vgc who writes the first reviews of hbo's tv adaption of the last of us have started appearing and they're widely positive Variety calls the show a, quote, promising movie, moving zombie saga, stating what works in The Last of Us works well enough that one sees the near future in which the show winds up being among television's best. Digital Spy calls it, quote, the first contender for best show of the year. Granted, this is like the very beginning of the year. Uh, Adding that the show makes changes to the game's narrative, but claiming while diehard purists might balk at some of these changes, the silence you can hear is us not caring because the show will transcend all of that. And right now on screen, we have it at a 98% on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, and when I woke up this morning, it was like at 100, which is ridiculous. Again, the percentage on tomatoes really quick is just how many critics recommend it. So it doesn't get into the nuance of like how high those positive scores no, are. No, it means an A plus, Janet. <laughs> That's what it means. And everybody agrees with that A plus. Who exactly. It. it means whatever you want it to mean, uh, frankly. You know, go go, go wherever you need uh, to get the answer that you're looking for. Uh, but continuing with the article, in a five-star review, Empire calls it, quote, comfortably the best adaptation of a video game ever made, declaring it a superb example of how to make an adaptive work 
how to retain the elements of what worked while having the confidence to explore bold new avenues, to expand the universe, to make a thing that stands on its own feet. However, not all publications have been without criticism. Entertainment Weekly gives this show a B-minus rating, claiming it can decide if it's an adaptation or a replay. One episode completely shifts the game's canon, but some scenes get recreated shot for shot, it explains. That may work best for newbies or fans who prefer adaptations barely adapted. It contributes to the feeling of watching someone else's replay. TV Guide, meanwhile, gives the show a 7.9 rating, saying the story occasionally feels rushed and the show could have expanded its perspective beyond the source material even more, adding that it's at its best when it goes beyond the game. So to bring in this discussion, I'm going to pull in a question from Nano, who says, Hey, y'all, with the reviews of The Last of Us coming in, is it what you expected? Specifically, it being one, one of the most accurate game game adaptations, and two, making it feel predictable as people who have played the game. And is the predictability as fans of the game a bad thing? Thanks from Nano. So Paris, are you surprised by these review scores? Um, it's actually exceeded my expectations, uh, to be honest with you. I, I, I do have to say, uh, Danny and Rihanna Pena, I know you went to the premiere last night. Where's my invite? I didn't get it. That kind of makes me feel sad. But to the point of the reviews and seeing that, I'm, I'm very happy to see that. It's, it's very exciting to see it's so highly rated and, and people are really excited about it because Danny even told me offline after, after watching it, you know, really loved it saying that people are going to really enjoy this. I think you do have yeah, to... Yeah, there they are, stunting on all of us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. see? Yeah. Having fun with that. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. I, where was I at? I was in the rain. You're like, oh, we trekked through the rain. They, <laughs> there's not a drop on them. I'm calling Cap, okay? like. But you do have to take some creative liberties when you're... Because they're not just trying to appeal to us. Sure. We've all played the game. We, we know the story. We love it. But now you're trying to appeal to a mass audience. And if you have to take some creative liberties, you obviously have to expand the story in certain aspects to appeal to that wide audience. And it looks like they've done it in a way that everyone's going to be happy about it because obviously the people that have seen the premiere are people that are already familiar with the source material, but it was faithful enough to it that they, they were happy with it. So I'm, I'm very excited to see this when, uh, what is it, the 15th it comes out, right? I think so. It's pretty this, soon. This Sunday. So yeah. the, this will be the kind of, uh, I assume, taking the time slot for when Game of Thrones usually kicks on. Do you feel like, like, are you worried or excited at the idea of watching it and kind of feeling like you're watching someone's Let's Play? Like, is that a pro or a con to you? Uh, I, don't, I don't know if it's e either or. I mean, I, I guess because I, we're, we've gotten to the point with video games to where they're accepted in entertainment and media, you know, as, as a certain type of genre, I guess you, you could say. So I don't view it as, oh, I'm just watching someone play sure. the game that I'm, I'm viewing this as an adaptation of the game that, that I played. Let's see how this looks in live action. In terms of um, cutscenes, because it's been talked about that, like, yeah. oh, some, some stuff's like recreated kind of shot for shot in terms of like cutscenes yeah. or maybe even like gameplay sequences. I don't know. Again, didn't watch it, didn't get an invite. Uh, you know, my email's in my bio, everyone. Maybe y'all don't know, but it's there. Um, what kind of scenes do you really want them to be faithful to well the, the one that stands out without spoiling this for any anyone that isn't familiar with it is is the opening yeah um i i would love to see that almost shot for shot because i think that was so emotionally powerful the way that they did it so that alone has me fascinated just to see how they're going to open it with that scene so yeah i would say that yeah i absolutely would love to see that one too and like for me the idea of like 
getting Let's Play vibes from it. It doesn't really bother me because I think, you know, as memed as it is, there's a little bit of truth to, like, I don't know if you've ever seen that PlayStation meme of like playing a PlayStation game. It's, it's a guy with a controller. And then like one second later, it's the same guy with like a bucket of popcorn. Yeah. And it's like, okay, that's very much the vibe for a lot of things. So I think in that sense, it's a convenient kind of game to adapt because it has so much mm-hmm. of that cinematography already present. Yeah. But, it, and not, not to tangent away sure, from sure. gaming, but I, I think this is relevant. So did you, I don't know if you're familiar with Cowboy Bebop. A little bit, but a little bit. So, they had the Netflix right. live action show last year, and it was a complete disaster. It got, it got, yeah, it got, it got canceled, you know, after one season. And I'm a hardcore Cowboy Bebop sure. fan, so I know the source material word for word, shot for shot. And they were faithful to some things in that show that, like from um, uh, Battle of the Fallen Angels, there's an iconic shot in there that's sure. in the live action show. But they took so many other different liberties and changed so many other things in the show that it just it was no longer Cowboy Bebop. It was just something that was like some weird cosplay of it. And it doesn't sound like that's what they're doing here with The Last of Us. It sounds like it is faithful enough to the source material while at the same time taking some creative liberties that, like I said before, everyone can be happy with it. So again, I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see that. Yeah. To me, sorry. Uh, to me, it reminds me of like, you know, you see a play a couple of times, but eventually you're going to see it from a different production and like a different mm-hmm. creative standpoint and different actors. And I'm, uh, I'm kind of excited for that uh, standpoint of, you know, seeing the, you know, not too different interpretation of, of Joel and Ellie, but the different takes in uh, what they can bring um, differently that yeah. uh, uh, Troy and I'm blanking on the uh, actress who voices Ellie, uh, what they originally brought. So in that sense, I'm also excited of like almost seeing a different production of the same story. Yeah, or just like digging into more of the characters, which like, I, you know, I skimmed a couple of reviews and people talked about like, or even just people's thoughts on Twitter and they were talking about, oh, I finally feel like I can, they can really dig into the characters here more, um, which of course it's like a big beloved aspect of the game. So them having that like space to have more exploration is really exciting to me, um, especially because I think for, again, without giving away too much of the game, the game is very old at this point. There have been so many times where like, you know, the scene with like, uh, what is it, that guy, and his, I think it's his younger brother or his son, you know, the, that kind of grouping that you meet, and I'm like, oh, I wanted like mo- I wanted more, and I feel like now we can have that opportunity to get more, albeit it is in a different medium, you know, I have seen people talk about, like, it's a little silly to say, like, the, the show is better than the game, or the game is better than the show, like, they're, unlike the Cowboy Bebop thing, at least those are both, like, in that same, it's not that big of a jump, right, in terms of medium, because it's really just um, stylizing right, stuff right. differently, I mean, Again, it, it is it is different, but it's not as big of a leap. Um, so it'll be exciting to see it. Okay, yeah, they're brothers. Thank you. I could could not remember. Um, one thing I want to ask before we move on. This is an HBO show, right? Yes. Uh, is, are there sex scenes in this show? I don't know. That, that, that's a good question, actually. I mean, they obviously have the, the freedom to do that if they choose. Yeah, let me know in the chat what you guys think. I think absolutely. I don't know how or why, but, like, it's an HBO show. So I'm, I'm leaning on yes, but we'll... See how all that goes, the gore, just the take on it. Um, but I'm really excited to see how people um, perceive this, especially those who like aren't fans of The Last of Us. Right. Like, I have plenty of friends and family who are like, uh, you know, I Last was not my thing. Whether it's because they don't like, you know, games that have guns, or like for me, um, my sister in law said she's like burned out on the zombie thing. So I'm wondering, well, like, just I mean, the show still is that. So I'm I'm just curious as if this will win people over who maybe were a bit hesitant um, on it otherwise. Yeah, but. I, I, I just think on that real quick before we move on, sure. I think it, the, the key is obviously going to be 
the the Joel Ellie relationship, if they're able to nail that in live action the way that they were in the game, I think everyone's going to be very receptive to it. And it sounds like these early reviews they absolutely have. So, yeah, I'm I'm really excited um, to see just some of my favorite scenes come yeah. to life. Um, and I'm also curious to see like how much content do they get through? You right. know, in the context of a season versus like the entirety of the game, like. Do we get to winter? Um, I don't know, but I'm excited to find out. Um, and speaking of Naughty Dog stuff, let's move on to story number three, in which Naughty Dog says their next game will be announced closer to release. This comes from Eddie McC... Mm, how do you pronounce that last name? How do you think? McCoo? Our good friend Eddie over at GameSpot. Kind of funny.com slash wrong. Let me know how to pronounce that name. Uh, the article reads, Naughty Dog is working on multiple new game projects. But when will they be announced? We still don't know. But Naughty Dog's Neil Druckmann has said fans should expect the studio to announce these games closer to release than it did for Uncharted 4 A Thief's End and The Last of Us Part 2. Speaking of comic book, Druckmann said that the fact that these games were announced years before they eventually came out created some hardships for the people making them. Quote, we did announce Uncharted 4 and Last of Us Part 2 way in advance, but that actually caused a little bit of work-life balance issues that we've sometimes had at the studio, Druckmann said. For Naughty Dog's next game, Druckmann said announcing them later in their development cycle would allow the team to play with the schedule more. He also mentioned that Naughty Dog's upcoming game slate includes the Last of Us multiplayer game and another project. Paris, react. This is fantastic news. I, I think a lot of publishers should take cues from this and stop announcing these games so early because to his point schedules change things happen we obviously just went through a pandemic which threw everything into flux so to kind of hold some of this stuff closer to the vest when you can have a better idea you know far into the development cycle of okay we think we can hit this date or this release window then you start announcing and then you start doing your marketing campaigns because I'm, I'm trying to remember i'm trying I, I think it was the last of us was it the last of us two which one am i thinking of or it might have been the first last of it. It just felt like it was just years and mm -hmm. years and years before we finally got it. And was like, is this game even coming out? Is it even real? And we've seen that more and more. And, you know, PlayStation had a bad reputation of that, you know, during, during the 2010s of doing that. And they seem to have gotten better with it. And to have Neil Druckmann come out and say this, it, this is smart. This is the right, right approach. Yeah, I think it also, like, speaks to... and. You, the problems are never all going to be solved, yeah. you know, as long as we like have the societal constructs that we currently have. But I do think that things are getting better in terms of at least even having that kind of conversation. Yeah. I mean, I remember like we've talked about this plenty of times on this show and others, but like not that long ago, like crunch was not only like very except like it wasn't frowned upon at all. Like right. it was totally fine as like a almost like bragging point. Like I remember getting um, a, I've told a story before, but a copy of Mafia three from What's it called? Gamefly, where you like, you know, order the yeah. game. This is actually a very modern story. I don't know why I was still using Gamefly, but I was like, let me let me check it out. And it mentioned on there, like, oh, like the studio slaved over this game. And I'm like, oh, this is like not language you'd see used. And even the times you do see, like, we've all seen like a developer or a team or a lead be like, oh, I'm proud of my team for like doing some shit they should not have been doing. Yeah. And then you'll see a bunch of people come out and be like, hey, that's not okay that you're right. like saying that um you know this speaks negatively about how you run your team this that and the other so i do think you know it's so interesting talking about like having the story in context of also talking about the um potential like xbox showcase and sort of how marketing can be in conversation with the development process how they can impact each other and the people that may get hurt from that and i think from a fan perspective like 
I'm, I'm all for announcing stuff just close to the date. Yeah. It, it can feel a little bit, I think, because since we cover games, it is like a different kind of thing. Like a little bit like, oh my God, it's like almost ready now. But I generally, I don't really know any fans that really want super long like projections for no. things. Yeah, exactly. So I think, I feel like this is a case where everybody kind of wins. I think the only um, slight, I wouldn't say apprehension, but I know a lot of us, myself included, are excited to hear like something a little more concrete about Last of Us Multiplayer. But at the same time, that was kind of a case of that, right? Like we heard back when the game came out, oh, we're, it's not going to have multiplayer because we're working on something for later. And the only reason that we all feel that kind of united, when are they going to talk about factions? When are going to, is because they like gave us that little tidbit exactly. so early on. And then he just talked about it. What was that? Summer Game Fest. Mm -hmm. He brought it up again. Yeah, like the yeah. art. We like saw like yeah. the key, not key art, but like what's it called? Concept art. Yep. Um, which it's funny. Like I saw someone in the chat say like, "Was factions ever really announced?" And it's like it wasn't a fever dream. We saw. We all saw like <laughs> someone like took out some watercolors yeah. and was like, "You know, The Last of Us. Y'all like The Last of Us." So yeah, we we do know that's a, that's coming. But I think the fact that we got such an early taste of that idea has created like this feeling of we're watching, we're like watching and waiting for this to happen, um, which wouldn't happen if they, if they didn't announce it in the future. So um, before we move on, what do you want Naughty Dog's other project to be? Something that's not Uncharted or Last of Us related. I would love to see Naughty Dog take on a brand new IP, whatever genre they decide to dive into, because I think they've shown their track record. They're, they're pretty damn good at whatever they do. So would love to see a new IP. Yeah, same. Part of me would love to see something like a little more like lighthearted from Naughty Dog, which yeah. I know they're kind of the the doom and brood uh, studio in a lot of ways. Though Uncharted doesn't really have that necessarily. And there's serious stuff that happens on Uncharted, yeah. but it is still about like, isn't it crazy how Nathan Drake gets in on all these adventures and like, oh, he barely made it out. Like it's a little bit more jovial, I think, than The Last of Us. So I, I would love to see something lighthearted. I'd love to see something new. Um but that's what I am hoping for. And I guess it'll be maybe kind of a while until we hear about it. But the good news is once we do, it should probably should be, be like coming, pretty around the corner. Too, yeah. It's like it's right heading out. Um, and in the meantime, I want you all to remember, you can go to patreon.com slash kind of funny games where you can get the show ad free. And speaking of ads, let us tell you about our sponsors. Shout out to Honey for sponsoring this episode. Honey's the easy way to save when shopping on your iPhone or computer. Thanks to Honey, manually searching for coupon codes is a thing of the past, and we all know there's nothing better than the feeling of saving money. Honey's the free shopping tool that scours the internet for promo codes and applies the best one it finds to your cart. Here's how it works. Imagine you're shopping on one of your favorite websites. When you check out, the Honey button appears, and all you have to do is click Apply Coupons. Wait a few seconds as Honey searches for coupons it can find for that site, and if Honey finds a working coupon, you'll watch the prices drop. We hear it kind of funny. You've been using Honey for years and it has literally saved us thousands of dollars on tech, costumes, food, you name it. Honestly, I just love how easy it is to just set and forget and save. Honey doesn't just work on desktops. It works on your iPhone too. Just activate it on Safari on your phone and save on the go. If you don't already have Honey, you could be straight up missing out and by getting it, you'll be doing yourself a solid and supporting this show. Get PayPal Honey for free at joinhoney.com slash kindoffunny. That's join joinhoney.com slash kind of funny. Let's talk about Forza Horizon leads leaving Xbox's playground games to form a new AAA studio. This comes from Tom Ivan over at VGC, who writes, some of the key talent behind Microsoft's Forza Horizon series has left Xbox's playground games to form a new AAA development studio called Maverick Games. 
The Leamington Spa UK-based outfits founding team is led by former Forza Horizon creative director Mike Brown, who's serving as its creative director and studio head. The startup said it has secured significant seed funding and its debut game will be a new premium open world title for consoles and PC, although Tuesday's announcement didn't confirm if it's in the racing genre. Some of the key talent behind, um, oh, hold on, I just like got moved over. Um, Okay, secured funding, we don't know if it's racing or not. Our goal is for Maverick Games to be a studio people will love, said Brown. For players, we're already at work on an exciting, ultra high quality title very specific <laughs> and for developers we're building a home where everyone is encouraged to take risks be curious be creative be innovative the be themselves and above all be a maverick um kind of getting like u.s army vibes yeah. from that ending <laughs> bit but paris what do you make of this is should do we need to be a little nervous in terms of playground games you know when Actually, i i, cool I, I saw saw that this morning and um I, I was lucky enough to interview mike brown and, and meet him great fantastic guy and forza horizon 5 the game itself is great. It's obviously one of one of the best games right now that you get on the Xbox Series X or S. Um, and then the Hot Wheels expansion was great as well. So when I first thought, I was like, I'm happy for Mike. I'm happy for everyone that's that's creating the studio. But then it made made me think about playground games. I go, should we be concerned? And then when I really thought about it, not really, because it doesn't sound like Mike Brown was involved with anything they were doing with Fable. And obviously, Fable is the big IP that's coming out of that studio in the next few years. I almost think with Forza Motorsport coming out, Horizon, the series, might take a little bit of a break. Mm. And I think that's okay because I think 5 is in such a good place that people can be in that open world of Mexico and they can, I think they got another expansion that's coming out to it as well. So I think people will be fine with Horizon for a while. You already got a team working on Fable. So maybe Mike Brown and the peop- other pe- veteran people at Playground were like, you know what? We want to do something new. We want to branch out. You know, we, we've done all that we can do at Playground. So let's start our own studio and create a brand new game, which, hey, I'm all for new IPs. So, no, I don't necessarily think this is a bad thing. I think, if anything, people should be happy for Mike Brown and that team creating that studio. Yeah, obviously, I think the answer to this question is always, like, whatever they want to do and, like, you know, yeah. whatever project they're passionate about. But just dreaming for a second. Yeah. Do you do you want to see a racing game from them? Do you want to see something totally different? Totally different. Something you're, yeah. Is there something, like you're feeling like the space is lacking that you'd like to see their take on. Obviously, you know, we don't know the details of yeah. the talent, the interests, what they have in mind, but... Um, I mean, they obviously mentioned open world here. So <laughs> we, we, we think about so many different type of open world games that are out there now. I, I, I don't have anything specific top of mind, but I would love to see them go outside the box and do something different in the open world space because I do feel like there's a lot of open world fatigue I mean, there's some games that obviously stand out that are fine, but the majority of them in, in today's market of is like, oh, it's like a slog going through it. Like we were just talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah. Another checklist. Yeah, yeah, another <laughs> checklist. So maybe take some lessons learned from some of the open world games that are out there. Look at a genre that may be lacking. I can't think of one off the top of my head and, and target that. Yeah, I think definitely the genre could use a little bit more like creative twists in terms yeah. of breaking the mold of what we expect. Um, funny enough, like you don't see, I think because open world already is so ambitious and vast, you don't see a lot in the way of, I think, genre mashups once open world gets involved. Um, funny enough, you know, having left Playground Studios, I'll see something playful from the team. Yeah. I mean, I think when I, you know, look back on my memories of Forza Horizon, like that is so much the tone of that game. Um, there's so many wonky, creative, weird ways that they have you moving around in a car, like, knocking over pinatas or like yeah. doing these different like tricks or having these like 
iconic like landscapes to take photos of like there's so much that they got out of what could have easily just been a oh you're now you're driving to like the race you do kind of thing so i think they've done some really fun twists on that formula so definitely excited to see what's next um you already mentioned that you think Horizon's going to take a break but where do you want them to go next in the world with forza horizon Ooh, that that's a really good one um i mean because they they just did mexico yeah like working backwards like that's a good one. I don't know. what because They, they had Australia as well. Yeah, I remember they, haven't that. Done, they like, haven't done Japan yet. Mm. Oh, man. But like how yeah, much would they have to change like the land? I mean, obviously, yeah. they, there are plenty of creative liberties they take even with like Mexico. It's a lot of yeah. obviously open space. Um, yeah, I don't know. How, I feel like that's that's the only thing. But I mean, the UK is also very tight and they like managed to yeah. create a map that I think worked for that area. So, um, yeah, we'll see. I feel like I got I got what I wanted with Mexico in a, in a lot of senses. Um, I would love to see more like distinctive soundtracks, I think, paired with the Horizon series. Like one of my disappointments from Forza Horizon, the one that's in Mexico, is that there isn't like much in the way of like banda music. And I'm yeah. like, yo, how do you have a game in Mexico? And I'm like, there's not like a banda music radio station. Like I- I'd love to see that uh, kind of explored a bit more. But I mean, I think what they did with like driving through the pyramids and things yeah. was like so creative, so cool. Um, yeah, excited for what's next from Playground and also this new studio i'm also a big fan of just anytime someone's starting something new i'm like maybe it's the it's the part-timer in us it's like yeah yeah, go go make your art go make your weird art um let's go ahead and talk about speaking of speculation some footage of an unannounced sony shooter allegedly leaking online this comes from jordan midler over at vgc Uh, the article reads footage claiming to be from an unannounced playstation shooter has emerged online the brief footage shows a character walking towards a balcony while a large creature climbs the side of a building It's claimed that the footage is from a sci-fi third-person shooter that is being developed in Unreal Engine 5. Notable leaker Dusk Golem has claimed that they have, quote, seen a lot more of the game and that the footage is from an older build. It's claimed that the game will be worked on through XDev with an unknown external studio. Um, The vibes are very sci-fi. The vibes are a little gears. Do you feel, obviously, we don't know if this is real. We don't know if if anything's going to come of this, but do you feel like that is a part of a facet of gaming that PlayStation is lacking? Like, do we need our own kind of like sci-fi gears, Halo energy IP? I think so. I, I, I do think so. I think when you, you think about the flagship PlayStation IPs right now, there, there is a definite gap in, in that particular genre that you're talking about. So um, it's obviously rumored, but if this is true, then yeah, absolutely. I, I would love to see it. Yeah, I think too, like what stands out to me from this, again, who, who knows if this is real? Who knows what this is? But the idea of, I think, checking that box of, like, more multiplayer games yeah. on PlayStation, a more online multiplayer presence, um, that's been something that, like, PlayStation has talked a lot about. Like, hey, we have, like, two kajillion games in development ready to go. Like, you're going to be living on your PlayStation. But we've yet to really see that pay off. Um, as with anything, like, it's so hard to get that kind of thing right where players really feel like they're in on that world, living on that world, mm-hmm. checking in. We're, we're, again, where you buy into the checklist. Like, so many people criticize, like, checklist-type games, but at the same time, like, there are so many games that either have that at the forefront or running in the background that I think people can really get absorbed in. So, um, yeah, we'll see. I mean, we had, like, it, obviously not one-to-one mechanically, but I feel like, in a sense, Returnal was kind of, like, getting at that, yes. those vibes a little bit. But Returnal isn't... <laughs> As some people out there that played it may know, it's not necessarily for everyone. Uh, yeah. it, it's not the easiest game in the world. So you definitely would want 
to have something in that genre that would be more welcoming to a wider audience. Yeah, exactly. And I do think like the Gears is, you know, it's funny. I was thinking of Gears the other day. Like I've only played the first one. Like I played Gears War Ultimate, like probably when I first got my Xbox. And it's just such a like simple, easy, yeah. enjoyable thing to jump mm -hmm. into, like in terms of like a multiplayer shooter experience. Um, yeah, we'll see, uh, you know, real or not, whether or not uh, PlayStation kind of fills a little bit more of those gaps. Uh, let's go ahead and talk about, to close out, the Borderlands movie reshoots being taken over by Deadpool director. This also comes from Jordan Midler over at VGC, who writes, Reshoots for the long-in-development Borderlands live-action film have been taken over by Deadpool director Tim Miller. Um, Deadpool reports that original director Eli Roth has handed over the reins of the project for the final two weeks of shooting as he departs for a new project. Like, <laughs> Sorry, just like I had to interject because that's such like relatable energy it's like oh is this almost done you know what i'm i'm not gonna be able to make it i'm kind of out of here i got other things to do uh deadline reports that the handing over of the production was amicable this follows the first testing screens of the films which took place last year the film based on the gearbox shooter franchise was scheduled to release in 2022 but there's currently no word on when it will actually release Starring Kate uh, Blanket as Lilith, uh, Kevin Hart as Roland, Ariana Greenblatt as Tiny Tina, Jamie Lee Curtis as Tannis, and Jack Black as Claptrap. The screenplay, that's a, just a lot of names floating around. The screenplay was for the project was written by <laughs> Craig Mazin, who's also the co-showrunner of HBO's upcoming The Last of Us. Uh, Craig really getting that bag this year. During Lionsgate's panel at 2022 CinemaCon, the first footage of the film was shown. However, nothing was released to the public. So far, only an image of the characters in silhouette has been revealed. Paris, are you going to see this movie when it comes out? I don't think so. Wow. Not I, even for the curiosity of, like, how bad is this going to be? Yeah, Besides and, Jack Black being Claptrap, which is fucking awesome, like, how, what's the rest of this movie going to be? Look, the Jack Black movie I'll be seeing is Super Mario Brothers. That Fair. one appeals to me way more. And it's funny using that as, a, as the analogy. The way that they've shown the Super Mario Brothers movie, even, you know, Chris Pratt, you know, things aside, you know, because people He's really holding it, it all is, back. Is he, is he doing the voice or what? Who knows? But that excites me. I'm like, that feels so faithful to, to what Mario is. I want to absolutely go see that. Jack Black is going to kill it as Bowser. And, and I'm a fan of the Borderlands series, but everything I've seen about this movie has just been, for lack of a better term, just eh. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know. So there, there isn't that excitement for me. I do need to see a trailer. I need to see something tangible from that film that that wows me to make me want to go to theater yeah i'm inclined to agree i don't i don't see myself watching this i think also because as a moviegoer there are so many movies that i already miss so the idea of like this being one of the ones yeah. that i pick up is a little bit less appealing yeah. but shannon you're just telling me yesterday you gotta you, you're trying to fill up those movies for a-list and stuff it like is that, true so. but i have like and let me know in the chat like what or, or paris i don't i'm curious to know like how you like rationalize or compartmentalize going to the movie theater. Cause for me, I have AMC Stubbs. I don't even want to say shout out to AMC Stubbs because honestly, AMC <laughs> Stubbs, we got beef. Y'all already know. I know you see my tweets, um, but I have AMC Stubbs. So, you know, you can see three movies a week, whatever, whatever. Um, I'm like, okay, I want to see a bunch of movies because like we're already paying for AMC Stubbs. It's like 23 bucks a month. You only really need to see two movies a month for yeah. that to like pay for itself in LA. Um, but at the same time, I'm like, I'm trying to like really get my money's worth with AMC stubs. However, I won't see like anything, but I'll see a lot of stuff. Like I'll see stuff that I wouldn't if I had to like pay directly for it. But it has to be kind of like 
around like a three out of five or higher you for me to be down to see it. Yeah, but, yeah, but but like light stand. Like it, you know, it's funny. I was talking to Isaiah the other day because he, you know, my boyfriend also has AMC stubs. And I'm like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not gonna see Lyle Lyle Crocodile with you, Isaiah. Like, there's no way. Like, it's just, it's not gonna be good. It's like it's just a kids. I'm not. This, I have a line, you know. Megan, kind of too meme for me, but like, he wants to see it. It'll probably be funny. Okay, sure, whatever. Or like, Violent Night, very much a goofy movie. Like, that was cool. That was fun. That actually was very worth seeing. So like, that's kind of where I line up. But what about you? Like, how often are you really getting to the theaters? Yeah, for me, it's really down to like the big MCU movies. Mm. I'll go see, obviously, DC, if they ever figure out what the hell they're doing, I, I would go see that You live stuff. a hard life, man. DC and x <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> but, uh... No, we can call you a bandwagon. Yeah. Man, that's for sure. <laughs> but, like, it's funny you bring up Violent Night. Like, we, that was, we saw, that was a family movie. Uh-huh. We all went to go see that. But that was well worth it. Megan, oh, I'm yeah. kind of on the fence about. And, like, even Avatar, I, I was like, eh, I don't know long. if I want to go see it, but my kids... Encourage me, no, go see it. And then I tweeted, I will never doubt you ever again, James Cameron. You're a freaking genius. Mm. So those are the type of movies that I will run out to the theater to go see. Unless there's just great word of mouth that says, I need to go see this, then then I'll go. But for the most part, it's just the just the big MCU movies. Yeah, um, I definitely get out there a little bit more. It was funny. I saw actually Glass Onion in theaters. I think it was only in theaters for like one weekend. And it was funny seeing like, it was my first time seeing a movie that was like a Netflix movie yeah. in theaters. So it had like the boom, like the Netflix thing came yeah. up. And like for a second, I was like, oh, that's like so cool. Like seeing that. But then it's like, like as if Netflix is not like a kajillion dollar company. And I'm like, why did I like see this and feel like, yeah, like I'm part of this. <laughs> like that's my, the, my Netflix subscription dollars at work. But uh, the Borderlands movie is so far away. If I want to know what is coming to mom and grab shops today, where would I look? The official list of upcoming software across each and every platform, as listed by the Kind of Funny Games Daily Show hosts, each and every weekday. Out today, we whoa, have. Whoa, whoa, whoa! You can't just roll oh. over the. There we go. There we go. <sighs> I've had so many like it's really frustrating for me is the thing because like there are so many times where like I got that and it's good. Here's here's the thing that y'all don't know behind the scenes. I know I fucked it up. I understand that. A flawless show otherwise. <laughs> the chat said part-timers. I know. The part-time energy. Look, you know, hey, I do I do what I need to do, and I and nothing more. Yeah. And sometimes I do a little less. Here's the thing. I when I usually have this doc, I'm gonna bl- I'm gonna pass the blame to Blessing here because he's not here to defend himself. Uh, and I don't think he's gonna walk through the door. So I think we're fine. I add in a thing that says silly jingle time in all caps. And that's how the or the yellow highlight, that's awesome. I if it's not explicitly there i'm like very much like only a few steps above like the anchorman energy yeah Yeah. exactly yeah you knew exactly where i was going the anchorman i'm (laughs) jenna garcia like it whatever's in the dock is what i'm reading what i'm doing nothing more nothing less anyway out today let's just run over the fact that one piece odyssey's demo is available on ps5 ps4 and xbox paris are you a demo person i used to be not so much so What, what changed like what? What made the shift? You used to be like what was? Who were you then, and who are you now? I, I just think there's not a lot of demos that come out anymore, so I'm not aggressively going after them. You know, trying sure. trying to play them. I'll just that's what. Look, I'm the Xbox guy. Game Pass. That, that's the demo. Right? The ultimate demo. Yeah. If there's a game you know you want to play, like if if Starfield had a demo, would you play that? No. Yeah, I would. Okay. I mean, that's obviously that's something they're going to heavily. So One Piece Odyssey that's yeah. not doing it for you, and so you're not getting getting no. out of the seat to, no. to download One Piece Odyssey. No. It's free. It's free doesn't cost you nothing to try it uh but yeah that's out on ps5 ps4 and xbox some new dates for y'all roller drama 
will be released on January 26th. It's a roller derby game. Happy birthday <laughs> to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Janet. Happy birthday to you. Now, Joey told me to bring a plate to blow Kirk. it out so you don't blow on it, and I forgot the plate, so you just got to use your hand now. Nailed it! Nailed it! <laughs> there you Yay! Go. Happy Thanks, birthday, guys. Janet. This is really cute. I appreciate it. Thank you for the cheesecake. You're welcome. Happy birthday. Thanks. Yeah, it is my favorite. Good. We, we crushed it. Now okay. it's going to sit there awkwardly. There's nothing like um, uh, Chet saying worst TJI Fridays ever. How dare you? Uh, time yourself out, please. <laughs> Thank you, guys. That was really sweet. I was not expecting that. Though I was expecting something. I'm not going to lie. Um, heading to VC, Switch, iOS, Android, and PlayStation, and Xbox is planned after. Um, Roller Drum is an interesting one because actually some people tweeted at me about this because it's like, I think part roller derby, part like, I think visual novel. Um, so that's a bit up my alley. I'll have to check that out. And another artsy game we got is Vincent Van Gogh's Art Like Never Before uh, in Illustrated, beginning on January 13th on Apple Arcade. And then I think what we're seeing on screen now is roller drama. Um, yeah, lead roller. What is, what is the genre of this? I can't remember offhand. But I like the art. I like the vibes. Um, this is definitely one I'll check out. And then for, the, for Apple Arcade, I would really love to get more into checking out what's on apple arcade like i have it but like it's definitely a gap um i think digging into more mobile gaming is something i definitely want to do this year uh now let's head over to kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong to see if we got anything wrong um we have uh, an addition from barrett uh or someone posing as barrett that says uh, star yeah <laughs> it's been going on for a while i don't i don't know i don't know why um we got I mean, we have a lot of stuff, but like, is any of it actually wrong? We got Legends uh, information. We got some other, like, again, y'all love to editorialize in the you're wrongs. It has to be something that we said that was incorrect. Um, okay. According to this, like, mm, nah, it's, it's part clarification, part whatever. Uh, Nano says the last of his TV show season covers the entire first game, so it will cover winter. Um, other stuff. I don't think too much too much other stuff going on here. Um, yeah, I think we're pretty much good. Flawless as always, except for the jingle. Part-timers. Um, part-timers. Here we go. This week's hosts are Wednesday, we have a Blessing and Greg. Thursday, we have Greg and Stella. Friday, we have Tim and Blessing. If you're watching live after this, is, is this updated also? Dark Picture is Devil and Me with Andy and Nick. Is that what's happening next? Uh, that's what it says. Okay. If, if they're actually <laughs> playing that, we'll find out. Yeah. Why don't? There's only one way to know, and that's to stick around. But of course, if you can't, you can always catch the stream later by subscribing to YouTube.com/slash/KindOfFunnyGames. This has been Kind of Funny Games Daily. Paris, what was it like doing this? Was this your first time doing this in the studio, Games Daily? Yes. Actually, this is kind of a bucket list item for me to be able to finally do this in the studio. I've watched the show for so many years. Got to. Posted, you know, beyond a few times during during the remote times, but to be here in studio doing KFGD with you has been a pleasure. And thank you so much for having yeah, me. Yeah, thanks for joining me. Um, it was so cool, like walking onto the set. Obviously, like we've done content here yeah. before, 
But I think Games Daily very much was like a consistent home for both of us outside of our pillar shows of like Xcast and like PS I Love You. So this was super cool. So thank you all for tuning in. And remember that each and every weekday live right here on YouTube.com slash kind of funny games and twitch.tv slash kind of funny games. We run you through the nerdy news you need to know about. And until next time, Game Daily. <laughs>